Welcome to the Fear Boss Show, a show created to help you become the bravest, boldest, and most badass version of yourself yet. Now, this show is allergic to basic. It's a show that loves real talk. It's a show that will help you slay self-doubt. And it's a show designed to help you check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm your host, Judy Holler, best-selling author, keynote speaker, improv theater junkie, and a hip-hop-loving entrepreneur. It's kind of like this. If Amy Poehler and Dr. Dre had a baby, uh, that would basically be me. I am obsessed with helping you smash comfort zones and experiment with your fears so you can get more freedom in your life personally and professionally. This podcast is going to help you do just that. So, are you ready? Let's get this fear party started. You are listening to The Fear Boss Show, episode 22. This episode may contain adult content and language, so please take care while listening. Welcome back to The Fear Boss Show, Fear Boss. Now, this is a show obsessed with helping you smash those comfort zones and experiment with your fears so you can be just a little bit braver than you were yesterday. And Fear Boss, y'all, buckle up, buckle up. Buckle up. If you're in a car, hopefully you're already buckled up. But let me tell you, I am so excited about this week's episode and this show. I have a special guest surprise. I'm over here clapping. I wish you could see me. I have a special guest surprise for this week's episode and this month's version of the Cliff Note. But first, I want to announce our Fear Boss of the Week. That's right. Okay, so here's the deal. The only way I know and that iTunes knows you're digging this podcast is when you leave a review. They're literally like gold and every single review you leave helps me keep the episodes flowing. I legit read them all and I also love sending Fear Boss swag bags full of goodies to my favorite reviews. So to reward you for leaving a review at the top of every episode from now on into the eternity of all Fear Boss shows, I'm going to pick a Fear Boss of the Week and shout you out right here on the Fear Boss Airwaves. All right, this week's Fear Boss of the Week is Erica Allison. She said this, and this is the title of her review, the best little ear snack ever. Oh, I love you. She said, Judy Holler is absolutely 100% my latest obsession. Oh my God, thank you. I'm obsessed with you right back. Her book is Required Reading and her podcast, no exception. Her authenticity and charisma will pull you in and leave you with no choice but to obey. It goes on. It's a little bit of a long review and I love it so much. And she ends by saying this, Her podcast reminds me that I really and truly can do whatever I want. The word encouraging is far too soft a word to use for this creature of divine empowerment. Fear is my homeboy, but so is Judy. Oh my gosh, Erica, I am over here smiling so big. Your review was amazing. It made me laugh. It made me smile. So drop me a DM on the Instagram with your address so I can pop a Fear Boss swag bag in the mail and or send me an email at hello at judyholler.com and we'll get it into the mail to you. I also want to remind you, Fear Boss, that my brand new book, it's a workbook called The Fear Boss Project, has officially dropped. So head on over to Amazon to snag a copy or click 
the link in the show notes to learn more. Listen, I designed this workbook for you. I designed this workbook for times like these. The pages of the workbook are full of powerful questions, brand new content with thought-provoking chapters, playful activities, colorful exercises, and of course, lifestyle tips. The intention of the workbook is really to lead you on a journey of self-discovery to help you smash those comfort zones and become braver than you were yesterday. Remember, you don't need to be fearless. All you gotta do is work towards being braver than you were yesterday and experimenting with your fear every day on purpose. That's really your golden ticket to freedom in this life. The workbook is essentially a freight train full of fuck yes, and I am so excited for you to get aboard. There's a color version and a black and white version, so pick your pleasure and your price point. Okay, Fear Boss, you ready for this week's episode? Each month, I do a Cliff Note episode. Now, these are episodes where I take my favorite books and share my three favorite ideas from the book specifically as it relates to living a braver life. I sprinkle a little fear boss swagger on the ideas and the intention of these episodes is to add new tools to your fear fighting toolbox. So today I am cliff noting Girl Code, one of my favorite books by Kara Alwell Leba, one of my favorite humans. And guess what, guess what? You ready for this? Prepare your heart fear boss. She is actually going to be on the show with me. I asked Kara to be my first ever podcast guest, and I thought there was no better way to do that than to have her cliff note the three ideas I love in Girl Code, her book, with me right here on the Fear Boss Airwaves. Now, I've been following Kara for about three years, and late last year, I hired her to do some business coaching with me. And as we were ending our time together in December last year, 2019, I was super back and forth on starting this podcast. I mean, was I good enough? Does the world need another podcast? How will I get it produced? What do I do with edits? What are the tools I need? Oh, what kind of microphone? Where do I even freaking start? I mean, all the things all the fears, fear boss. And she legit said to me, Judy, why not you? And why not right now? She also offered me some support in the form of resources and encouragement. And that really lit a fire under my fear boss ass to just make it happen. She said, listen, you're going to have a podcast by January 1st. And I freaking did. My first episode aired January 3rd, 2020, and I have zero regrets. Actually, the only regret I have is that I didn't freaking do this sooner. So it's perfect and poetic and so badass that my first ever podcast guest is the one and only Kara Allwell Leba, otherwise known as The Champagne Diet on the Instagram. She's a best-selling author, a podcast host of a beautiful podcast called Style Your Mind. She's a master life coach, a serial entrepreneur, and just one of my favorite humans. So I'll link up to Kara in the show notes so you can learn all the things about her and her brand. But here's the deal. She is the real deal. She walks the talk and is on a mission to empower women to really design the life of their dreams. And she lives the girl code, which is the book we're going to be talking about today. So get ready for your boss. We go deep. And I know, I know you'll leave this episode empowered braver, and ready to smash even more comfort zones. 
Okay, Kara, welcome to the Fear Boss Show, girl. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Judy. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm telling you, the Fear Boss fam is just going to love them some Kara. And I want to get into your book, Girl Code, and really talk about the three ideas that sort of shook me the most. Uh, But before I do that, like I've got to start at the beginning with you because I think this is one of my favorite parts of your story and your journey. So Fear Boss, Kara begins her book with a little bit of an introduction. I've got the book right here in front of me. And she says this, this is literally the first sentence of the the book Girl Code. I wrote this book at my dining room table in my Brooklyn apartment during the summer of 2015. I had just left my big six-figure career in digital advertising and MTV a few months earlier to pursue my passion. At this time, I had never imagined that Girl Code would become what it is, a movement and one that has made its way around the globe. Fear boss, the freaking globe. She has watched women in places like London, Tokyo, Florida, New York, Chicago, Paris, Brazil, Dubai, anybody else want to go on a vacation, literally take these ideas to live a more empowered life. And it's really become a manifesto for personal development, personal empowerment, and straight up sisterhood. So Kara, the reason I read that to you is I think there's a lot of power in the statement that you wrote this book, Girl Code, from your dining room table in Brooklyn. And there are so many, and it went on to become this world wide phenomenon. And there are so many fear bosses that listen to this show, that dream of writing a book, that want to start a business, that want to chase a dream, but they are waiting. They don't know where to begin. And they think, they think that someone else needs to choose them in order to start. And you continue, and this is why I love you and your brand so much. You continue to break that model and prove that the middleman legit no longer matters and that you can choose yourself in almost every scenario. What do you have to say to that? Oh, it's so, so true. And I'm so glad that we're starting here because I really want everybody listening right now to understand that you have the power to create a life that just goes so far beyond what you can imagine. And you have to start with that belief. So my story dates back 12 years, this part of my story, at least, right? The writing journey goes back 12 years to when I started a blog. 12 years ago this month, actually, I started my blog, The Champagne Diet, and I was just going through a transformation in my life. And it was, weirdly enough, I know this sounds crazy, but it was inspired by a glass of champagne. Yay. And you know, I was making all these changes personally, professionally, and really just going through it. And I think I had the moment that a lot of women have where they're like, I just need to write a book. I want to tell my story. I want my story to impact other women. So that's really where I began is back in 2008, I wanted to write a book and I went through you know, all the research and what that process looks like. And at the time, self-publishing really wasn't a viable option for me. Like It was out there, but it wasn't easy. It was expensive. It had a stigma attached to it. And I still had the dream of having this big book deal, right? And having this publisher come along and, you know, give me the golden ticket and make me famous and, you know, have me in the New York Times bestseller list. So I got an agent, which was not easy to do. And I sent a query letter out to like, I don't know, hundreds of of agents for my first book, which actually became a book called Sparkle that I wound up self-publishing. But I, I was trying to go this traditional route and my my manuscript was rejected 19 times. Mm, like that for your boss? 19 times. She 19. Rejected. Wow. 
Yeah. So, you know, at that moment, I think a lot of people understandably would just kind of, you know, say, okay, maybe this just wasn't the path for me. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe this, this isn't my fate, right? I'm not supposed to be a writer, but I was like, no, (laughs) that's not happening. Like I'm too obsessed with this idea. I had this dream. I had this fantasy at the time of becoming this, you know, full-time author. That's all that I wanted to do. And growing up, I heard a lot of, you know, like these mixed messages, right? Like we would get this encouragement. I think a lot of us can relate that you can be anything you want to be. You can do anything you want to do. And then as I got older, I started to hear people saying, writers don't make money. Mm. You'll never make money as an author. Make that a side job, you know, do that for fun, make that your hobby, but you need to get a good job and settle down. And I did. That's the path that I took, but I kept hustling and I side hustled and I wound up self-publishing that book, doing a lot of research. And I think I've told you this, Judy, the the blog post that really changed my life was a blog post by Seth Godin. Mm. And it was, it's called reject the tyranny of being picked and pick yourself. Oh, I love that. I love everyone should Google that right now. Like make a note because it's, it's short. I mean, it's the, it's like a, I'll link up in the show notes. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah, It was so powerful for me. And you know, at the time I was like, I had one eye on the self-publishing industry and I was, Seth was really supportive of that industry and Amazon created a platform for authors to self-publish. And I did it. You know, I went to Google University, as I always say, and I researched the hell out of the process and I did it and I did it scared and I did it a little sloppy at first. And, you know, the first couple of times we tried to get the book out there, we had made a lot of mistakes. We had to read, you know, format it. It was just a process, but it was such a rewarding experience to me because it was the first, one of the first times I really had chosen myself. Mm. And I went on to continue self-publishing books until Girl Code. And I, I self-published it initially but that's the book that really somehow just put me on the map. And then the publishers came knocking on my door and life just changed for me. Everything really changed. And I wound up actually signing a deal, a double book deal with Penguin Random House. And we put Girl Code out there really on a big scale. I mean, the book now has been translated in seven different languages. It's you know, in airports and bookstores, it's everywhere. So it was just such an interesting experience of saying like, of them rejecting me, me moving forward and then them coming back and knocking on my door and being like, hey, wait a second, you actually, you know, you are right for us. Let's make this happen. So, and when we can go into whole detail about that later, but <laughs> it's very, um, yeah, it was, it was a major, major moment in my life that just taught me so much. Oh, I love that. So Fear Boss, your hand hopefully is on fire right now and you're taking so many good notes because you continue to really amplify one of the core messages that really is what our whole community is all about. This idea that there are no mistakes, only gifts, and we have to be willing to get it wrong in order to get closer to getting it right. And I love that throughout this story you just shared, there were moments that you got it wrong and then you got it right and then you got it wrong. And I love that you said like you went to the University of Google and you learned so much about yourself and the publishing industry so that you could continue to crown yourself. And what I know about your story, and I feel like we also have to share this too, So you get the book deal and you get the big publishing book deal, but now you've gone back to self-publishing your books all over again. Yeah. So my new book is called Girl on Fire and it really is just 
a manifesto for choosing yourself. And like you said, rejecting the middleman, realizing that you have everything within you to do what you need to do. When I accepted my book deal, it was one part strategy because I knew that I was going to be able to reach more women by partnering with a publisher because I did want the book translated. I wanted it to be available worldwide. But it was also part of me that still felt like I had this need to be chosen. You know, and again, we're, this was, I think I signed my deal in 2017. So we're talking still three years ago. I've grown so much since then. And, you know, there was this part of me that's like, well, what if I, I never like see this dream through? What if I just don't go for it? And no regrets. I don't have any regrets, but I will tell you that working with a publisher was not what I thought it would be. In fact, I really missed self-publishing through the whole process. I really missed just that DIY grassroots experience. And I wound up going back to it. And I talk a lot about that in Girl on Fire, like in the nitty gritty. And I don't know, like, no, I don't pull any punches. I'm very honest about that experience and, you know, how it affected me and how it impacted me. And I got really depressed during that process. If I'm honest, you know, I was, I found myself in kind of a dark place. I felt like, did I make this mistake? Should I have not done this? Should I have kept this book? Should I have continued on the path I was on? But like you said, there are no mistakes. There are just gifts and you do learn from every experience. And I know that it made me stronger and it actually made Girl on Fire, I think the best book that I've ever written. Oh, so juicy. So if you haven't picked up Girl on Fire, uh, get you some of that. It really began with Girl Code and it's what set Kara on this path. I mean, you were writing books before Girl Code, but uh, I think Girl on Fire is absolutely a book that every fear boss needs to go pick up right now because you do peel back the layers on this process and so many others. And as you've built this brand and this huge community and become such a positive role model for women, you have learned a lot about yourself along the way. And I love that you take us on that journey and peel back the layers. So you are a girl on fire and I feel like I'm a girl on fire and I want every fear boss listening to this to literally light on fire for themselves. And that's going to require you to go out there and do the uncomfortable things required in order to earn the comfortable life and career and business that you want. So let's Kara, transition into my three ideas. So this is the cliff note episode, right? Where I take my favorite books and I break down the three ideas that have like sort of inspired me the most. And so I kind of want to do a rapid fire here with you because while we're girls on fire, no doubt about it, I believe what has connected us and I know it's what connected me to you when I started following you and sort of consuming your work is that you literally walk the talk. You are girl code. You are a living example of it. So for someone who has no idea what girl code means and what it is, what is the concept and why does it matter now more than ever? You know, when I was starting out, when I was dipping my toes into the world of, you know, being a boss babe and entrepreneurship and starting to go to these networking events, you know, I came from the corporate space. I was at MTV for eight years and I was in, you know, very much a boys club in the advertising world. So now here I was coming out as this like very feminine writer, you know, life coach. And I was, you know, working with women and I started to meet people and network with people. And I saw two things happening. I saw these groups of women that were very competitive and very catty and they would put themselves out there as like so supportive and you know we have this sisterhood and then I would show up at events and people wouldn't talk to me they would turn their back on me I would just get ignored and snubbed people wouldn't respond to my emails and then I saw this other group of women admittedly a much smaller group of women who seemed so happy and so confident and so at peace with themselves and so open 
to sharing and supporting the women around them and taking women under their wing and not hoarding information or networking contacts or resources. And they were so willing to help others. And I was like, that's the group that I want to be associated with. And I made a promise to myself that I would always lead from that space. I would always lead from a space of collaboration and support. And I think Girl Code took off because I, I know that I was one of those early voices in this whole movement, right? This women empowering women movement. And I'm proud of that because I've seen just in the past couple of years how it's really taken off because it just feels better to support someone else. It feels horrible to be in a place where you're competing with someone or you're jealous of someone. So Girl Code, again, is just a manifesto for supporting other women and realizing that we're just better together. Oh, I love that so much. And it's certainly a big theme in my life in the in the Fear Boss Manifesto, if you will. And it's all about collaboration over competition. I mean, there there is so much to go around. And I really, you know, choose. And I think it's a choice to live in a in a mindset of abundance versus scarcity. And I think when you are brave enough to do that, when you are brave enough to mentor someone else and help someone else and cheer someone else on, especially other women, you will walk so much into your life that you don't even see coming. There's a story you shared on your Instagram, Kara. You'll know it the second I, I even tease it here. It's that story of you because you you know have the whole side of your business where you're an entrepreneur. So there's a lot of things you have your hands in, yet you have this, you love to collect vintage pieces and resale and sell. And you know that whole, I think it's Dagmar Rose and vintage. Am I saying it correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's my, my line. Yeah. Your line. So she, Kara, goes into this vintage store, which, you know, she kind of has these secret stores she goes to to find all of her fabulous pieces. So she goes into the store and she tells a story about how the store owner literally looked you up and down, was super competitive, kind of like, was like, get out of here, stop taking pictures. Am I remembering that right? But it was a really beautiful moment of like, why we need to collaborate versus being competitive. She had no idea that the champagne diet was in her store and how you guys could have helped each other would have been incredible. Yeah, it was, you know, it was this, we have this thing called Artisan Fleas. It's like this really nice like flea market of all these different artisans and designers here in New York. And I walked in and she had a vintage shop and it was just designed so beautifully. So my vintage line is something that I do on the side. It's really a passion project, but I have a dream of one day opening a retail store. And I know that sounds crazy in the climate that we're in, but I do believe it'll happen at some point when it's meant to happen. You know, I want a full experience, like a showroom. And when I stepped into her space at this flea market, the way she transformed this little corner that she had was just beautiful. She had a huge, you know, like oriental rug. She had all this like gorgeous, you know, jewelry draped over mirrors and picture frames. And I said, your space is beautiful. Can I take a photo of it? And she looked me up and down and she said, no. And I'm like, oh, okay. I said, well, I really just wanted to share it with a friend. It's like so inspiring. And she said, well, if your friend wants to see it, she can come shop here and buy something from me. Oh. And in that moment, like my stomach just sank. It was just a feeling of like such disappointment because I feel like we're just better than that as women. But again, like you said, it reminded me that I still have more work to do. We all have more work to do and just continuing to be examples of what it looks like to support one another. And to your point, yeah, I totally would have blown her up on Instagram. I would have tagged her. I would have told people to come shop with her. I would have you know, collaborated with her in any way that I could because that's who I am. But unfortunately, she made that impossible by the way she treated me. 
and her, you know, and there's only love or fear. And that was a fear-based reaction, right? And because she allowed fear to make the decision that day for her and to, to allow her to go down that path of competition over collaboration, she missed an incredible opportunity. And I'm always saying to our fear boss community that we have this, and to just any human being, like we have this beautiful opportunity in front of us to become fear role models. Because like when I see you be brave and when I see you collaborate and when I see you be confident and when I see you love yourself, it gives me the permission to do more of that for myself. And so I think that story is so important because of that point, but also the point that this person's, this woman's fear of collaboration and this competition, scarcity mindset really walked an opportunity literally right out of her door. And so I just had to start there with Girl Code, the concept. And it's really all about women supporting other women and collaborating, not feeling competitive. And I believe that when we do this, it walks us into the next thing from your book that I want to talk about, which is we have this mutual obsession with the law of attraction and really choosing to see your world through the lens of possibility. You write on page five very early on, Kara writes, you must also know that the universe is more abundant than you can imagine. Again, if you've read my previous books, you know I'm a huge believer in the law of attraction and I am big into energy. She writes this. You must envision, and this is probably one of my favorite lines in the book and just in life. You must envision your world through the eyes of only possibility and positivity. And I've seen you not only walk that, but continue to write about that and share that idea. And I think this idea matters now more than ever, Karen. I want to get your thoughts on this because I think there's a lot of people that assume that if you're positive, you're not really aware that there's pain in the world. And I believe that positivity and you choosing to be positive doesn't mean that you discount that there is pain in the world. And your optimism does not deny that there is suffering. But I believe that's the real definition of woke. Woke for me is choosing to be a light when the rest of the world feels dark. And I think we need human beings like that now more than ever. And when you choose to walk down that path, you really start to attract the things into your life that have always been waiting for you. What do you think about all that? I could not agree with you more. I honestly get so annoyed when people take someone who's positive or optimistic, you know, the term like the happy little idiot. You know, I think a lot of people feel that way, but it's the complete opposite. I think when you can look around and see whatever's happening, you know, we're obviously informed, educated women, but we're still choosing to move forward in a positive way, despite what's going on. I mean, this is a perfect example with this whole coronavirus outbreak. And I see so many people completely shutting down and living in fear and being terrified and focusing on only the negative. And I, from, from the very beginning, I saw it and I mean, I'm in New York city, so it's, you know, the epicenter of this and it's no doubt a scary time, but I could always like in the back of my mind still see this light at the end of the tunnel. Like I had this deep sense of knowing that this is going to pass and it doesn't mean there's going to be a lot of tragedy and heartbreak. And I feel so horribly for the people who are affected. But at the same time, I've been able to keep my mind on the future and I've been able to understand that this is going to pass like every hard time does, right? We've been through 9-11. We've been through a lot of tragedy, but you have to stay in a positive mindset because if you don't, you fall apart and then you can't take care of the people around you. And especially for women like us who are leaders and who are examples in our space, we have to keep our energy in a good space. We have to keep ourselves in a place where we can support 
the masses and we can support the women who are looking to us to feel better. Oh my gosh, a thousand percent. I'm always saying this. This is one of the things I say in my talk. Like you cannot be exhausted and brave. You can't be overwhelmed and brave. You can't be sick and brave. You can't be crazy, busy and brave because bravery requires energy and stamina, right? It, it requires you to be alive and, and woke on the front lines of your life. And, and there are people, especially if you're leading a community or you have a leadership role in your organization, if you're the CEO of a company, right? Hashtag girl boss. I mean, there are people watching you and you're, you have an opportunity to be a fair role model right now. Anyone listening. So you choosing, if you have any light to give, if you have any joy in your heart, we need you to give it. We need you to share it because there are so many people that can't generate it for themselves that maybe your positivity and your joy and your light could sprinkle a little bit onto what is kind of a dark world. And so like, you know, the other day I posted something on Instagram stories, like literally Kara, it was so stupid. It was like me dancing around in my driveway to like a hip hop song. And I almost didn't post it. So I was like, Oh, this is silly. I don't want people to think right. That I'm not taking this seriously, but I was trying to make a point about something. And I got three DMS back from someone that said like, no, thank you for posting that. Like I have been having the hardest time getting out of a, out of bed and you just made me smile and you just made me laugh and you made me remember that there is light on the other side of this. So again, people are watching and we need your courage now more than ever. So bring the joy, right? Bring the joy. Yes, bring the joy and also honor the moments where you don't feel so joyful because we're human, right? We have those moments. Like I definitely, I would be lying if I said I didn't have any breakdowns during this time or ever in my life, right? But I think it's how quickly we move through them and how quickly we can pick ourselves up and focus on the positive and shift. It's all about shifting our mindset to a better place. We have a choice every day with every scenario and every opportunity and every challenge that we face, every relationship we have. We have the opportunity to choose a better thought. So if all you do for the day is just choose one better thought, you're ahead of most people. Yes, absolutely. I love that so much. Okay. So the third thing I loved from the girl code is this idea of not hating someone because she's successful. So I know in your community and in my community, one of the big hot buttons is always jealousy and competition and imposter syndrome. And it can be a really dangerous fear-based habit if we spend too much time with it. So Kara writes about this in chapter eight. It's titled, Don't Hate Her Because She's Successful. Uh, So she writes this, you want to know the quickest way to give up on all your dreams? Spend your time being jealous. She writes this, but being envious of someone else isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's a sign. Hear this, fear boss. It's a sign that we want something more for ourselves. The problem occurs when we allow jealousy to fill us with negativity, paralyze us, and stifle our own success. And then I quoted this in my book. Obviously, Kara let us use the quote, but she has a little section that says the science of envy. So check this out. So this jealousy thing, she writes, it's not all in your head. In fact, according to a study published by the Journal of Science, y'all, science, okay, the feeling of jealousy actually activates a region of the brain involved in processing physical pain. She writes, well, it's no wonder we go into a tailspin the moment we start comparing ourselves to other people because jealousy hurts. So Kara, homegirl, do you ever get jealous? Do you still feel jealous? And if you do, like what gets you out of that? 
You know, I really don't feel it often. I feel, I definitely feel something when I see someone getting something I want, but now it's, it's just automatically shifts into a space of like hope that I can have it too. And I wholeheartedly mean that. And it's taken me years and years of self-work and personal development to get there. But I did find myself in a position, you know, when I was younger, even a couple of years ago where I felt jealous. And I think the work I've done, you know, on myself and just like observing how I respond to things and trying not to be reactive, right? We all have triggers, but if you can just try not to be reactive to those things and just take a step back and ask yourself, what's going on here? Like, why do I feel this way? Why am I feeling that little, you know, that little something in my gut when I see someone else getting something that I really want? And I think the way that I'm able to sort of make sense of all that and get it, get myself to a better place is realizing that the universe is abundant and unlimited. I talk about another concept in the book called limitless lux. And I just love that phrase. I just coined that phrase because it felt like really like, right? Like it just felt it felt like really abundant to me and really like just a beautiful, like luxurious term. And I, I, I remind myself of that all the time because I think, you know, you see someone achieving something and initially I think we think, well, I want that. And if she got it, maybe it's taking away from me somehow, or I can't have it too. And that's just the completely you know, wrong way to think because there's enough for all of us. There's enough to go around for all of us. And I think the other part of what starts to happen, and I know I've gone through this too, is thinking, well, if she got that or she had that success or she was written up in the New York Times or Vogue did a piece on her, right? Is she better than me? Mm. Is she more talented than me? Am I not good enough? But that's just not the truth. There are so many factors into all of this stuff when we really break it down on who gets, quote, chosen or featured or who gets the thing that we want to get. It never has anything, almost never has anything to do with like who's better or more accomplished. And there are so many other variables involved. So I think if you can just take a step back and realize that you are good enough, you are smart enough. Now I sound like the SNL skit, right? Yes, I love <laughs> it. I, I, I if people like me. Stuart Smiley. I love Stuart it. Smiley. Do your Stuart Smiley affirmations. <laughs> no, but really like realize that you have something unique to give and everybody has a story that only they can tell. Yes. And everyone has a style that only they can put their work out there through. So, you know, it takes work and it takes practice. Don't beat yourself up if you're feeling it, but just take a step back and slow down and try not to be reactive to those feelings. We don't always have to go on emotion. Yeah. I love that so much. One of my favorite things to think about is uh, if you feel jealousy, stop hating and start studying. So what is it in that person that you could learn from? Like, could you go to school? Could you take good notes on what it is that that person's doing that allows you to think a different way? And I started flipping the script, Kara. So like when imposter syndrome and jealousy and competition and all that stuff sort of comes up, I instead, instead of going like, oh my God, jealousy again, or imposter syndrome again, that's arrived. I now go, aha, I've arrived because I know that when I'm feeling jealous or, you know, feeling some imposter syndrome, it's a pretty big sign that I want more for myself. I know I'm capable of it and I believe that I'm worthy of it. So fear boss, if you're listening, 
you could do what fear doesn't expect and flip the script on your jealousy and your imposter syndrome and start reminding yourself that you've arrived, you want more. And what we want in this world is your remix. Everything's a remix. There are no original ideas, but what's original and always original is you. So become a DJ, an idea DJ, a fear DJ, and start giving us your perspective, your stories on the things that inspire you and make you come alive. And Kara, I cannot thank you enough for being one of those inspirations for me. You are the real deal. You walk the talk. And let me tell you, when I see you eat your food on your fancy china and you drink your green juice <laughs> and, your champ- and your crystal glasses and you wear your silk pajamas and you're wearing Chanel to the soul cycle, it just, oh my God, it makes me go put on the lipstick and want to get up and high vibe myself that day and just put on something that makes me feel feminine and beautiful and girly. And you know what? Most importantly, not apologize for it. And you're the real deal. And just thank you for the platform that you've built and the community that you're building. Oh, thank you, Judy. That means a lot to me. I, I believe in elevating every moment of the day, you know, however you can. It doesn't have to cost a fortune. It doesn't have to be super fancy. You can do it in a way that's unique to you. But I love you for saying that because it really makes a difference. And I think if everybody's listening now, those moments where you take care of yourself and you do something that feels you know, a little fancy or a little like upgraded, that impacts your work. That impacts the way that you show up in the world. It's all about being intentional. So, you know, I I don't know. I love that you brought that up. So thank you for that. And I really do try to set an example for women because we do deserve the best. And when you treat yourself like a queen and you realize you deserve the best, you show up differently for yourself and for the women around you. Oh, and we don't need anyone else to crown us. You must crown yourself and you must stop feeling guilty about taking care of yourself. Because at the end of the day, Fear Boss, you know this, because we talk about this and this is a core value. Nothing works unless you work. So who do you think is going to benefit the most from you being the best version of yourself, everything in your life that likely is ahead of you on your own list, your kids, your company, your job, all those responsibilities. So you know what? Maybe your fear experiment challenge is to go take a nice little bubble bath tonight or to pop on a sequin jacket or maybe for the guys, go out there and what do guys, I don't know, grill a big old bad T-bone and, and go eat it alone <laughs> by yourself with a nice glass of red wine. So we do have some male fear bosses that tune in, but you get the vibe. Do things that make you happy and make you come alive. And Kara, you and your platform and your books and your work certainly bring me joy. I'm proud to call you a, a friend and a mentor and someone that I've been watching for years. And I just put out, Kara, my very first workbook. And that was so empowered by your journey of self publishing and bringing that to the finish line with KDP. And I kind of briefed that in the intro, you know, you inspired that journey on so many levels and I'm just proud to know you, my friend. Oh, well, congratulations on the workbook. I cannot wait to get it. I'm going to have to check it out. Thank you. I'll send you a copy, girl. I'll put one in the mail. I'm trying to get them to my house. So I'll send you a color version. I've just got test copies that have like, you know, stripes through the cover. So I want to send you the real one, but how about this? Uh-huh. So thank you pot. I'll pop, pop one in the mail for you. <laughs> Thank you. I can't wait. Yay. All the things, Kara, you're such a treat and fear boss. I hope you enjoyed this episode and Kara, I'll see you on the Instagram. All right. Thanks, Judy. Oh my gosh, fear boss. There was so much 
freaking fire in that interview. And I hope you have a page full of notes. I hope you listen to this episode again if you weren't able to take notes and take some notes. But I mostly hope you had as much fun listening to that as I did recording it for you. And I hope you feel empowered and encouraged to live an even more braver and confident life. And of course, if you dug this episode, will you do me a favor, a flavor, flave? Throw your love my way in those reviews. Maybe you'll be Fear Boss of the Week next week. And every rating and review matters so much. It's how we tell iTunes this podcast rocks. Also, I love hearing from you. Screenshot you listening to this episode and tag me on Instagram. I want to know what you love and what your favorite thing was that you learned here today. And last, talk to me. Share your show ideas, questions, and inspiration with me. You can email me at hello at judyholler.com or send a DM to me on any of the social media. I want to hear from you because this is the Fear Boss Show, which means it's a show for you. As always, thank you for listening. And in the meantime, stay brave and keep experimenting with your fear. Well, hi there. It's me again. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so damn glad you're here. And if you loved this episode, which I hope you did, my hand is on my heart. Please don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And if you're feeling a little extra boss today, it would mean the world to me if you'd leave a review on iTunes so more fear bosses like you can find this podcast. And better yet, share this podcast with the fear boss you love and encourage them to listen. For more on me, my work, and my keynotes, you can visit me at judyholler.com, J-U-D-I-H-O-L-L-E-R.com to learn more. And this is also where you can sign up for my newsletter. It's called The Fear Boss Five, and it comes out every Friday where I share five things I'm loving, learning, and reading. It's one of my favorite things to do. And if you love this podcast, you're going to love the newsletter, and you can sign up right there on my website. My book is available at most of your favorite book retailers, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, airports, all the things. So search me up on Google or type Judy Holler into Amazon and grab your copy. Last but not least, you can always come hang out with me on the social media. Instagram is my favorite place to be. I'm on Instagram at Judy Holler, J-U-D-I-H-O-L-L-E-R. I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash fears, my homeboy, and Twitter as well at Judy Holler. Until next time, Fear Boss, keep experimenting with your fear and stay brave.